It's time now for the Kill the Can podcast. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Kill the Can podcast. I'm your host, Chewy. You want to quit nicotine and take back control of your life? We'll tell you how we've done it and answer the questions you didn't even know you had about how you can get quit today. For today's episode, I'm going to be uh, going through a question that we get often. We've got a page on the site called What to Expect When You Quit Dipping. And in this episode, I am going to kind of read through that page and uh, give you some a little bit of kind of color commentary about the different states of the first hundred days of your quit or so. So without further ado, here is what to expect when you quit dipping in those first hundred days. What's up, quitters? Um, one of the questions that I get asked often, not just me, that vets or people that have already quit get asked often is what can I expect when I quit dipping? And this is one of those things. And I think the the reason that people ask is because they're scared, right? They, they understand what a hold nicotine has over them. And they are scared to death that they're not going to be able to do it, even if they really, really, really want to do it. And so we, we have put together on the website, a article aptly named what to expect when you quit dipping. And what it really is, is a remarkably accurate, in my opinion, outline of what you're going to deal with specifically in the first hundred days of your quit. A hundred days, we consider that the hall of fame at kill the can. And that doesn't mean that you're cured after a hundred days, far from it, but it is a nice round number. It's a number that is far enough away that it gives you something to shoot for. And it's a number that's big enough that when you get there, it is something that really should give you a sense of pride for accomplishing it because a hundred days, which is, you know, just over three months or so puts you at a point in your quit where you've got some numbers, you've got some legs underneath your quit. At that point, hopefully you should have some tools at your disposal, allowing you to deal with craves when they come. And hopefully if you have joined and engaged with the kill the can community, You've got some people out there, brothers and sisters and quit that you're able to lean on when you're dealing with a really bad crave and those kind of things. And so I wanted to put this together in podcast format because I know not everybody obviously is reading these days and I know not everybody is, is running across uh, that particular page on the website, but I thought it would be a really good opportunity for me to put this together, to record an episode and kind of, kind of walk you through that, that first hundred days of quit. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to do a little bit of reading here from, from the site and a little bit of editorializing on top of that. 
So basically the, the, this page starts out and it says, so you want to quit dipping and you would like to know what to expect when you do. We're not going to pull any punches around here. It's tough. And that's why we're all here. This timeline has been put together over the years with the input of thousands of quitters. It has been shown to be remarkably accurate from the time you stop using nicotine. And I think that's really important. Um, in a previous episode of the podcast, I talked about the concept of cold turkey. And there's a lot of a lot of people that when they quit, they will quit using tobacco and they will continue to be using nicotine in some form, whether that means they've switched from dip to chew, whether it means they've switched from dip to smoking, whether it means they've switched from dip to a nicotine replacement therapy, whether it's the patch or gum or those kind of things. And I think it's really important to point out that this particular timeline that I'm laying out really is only relevant once you stop using nicotine. Uh, a couple times over the years, I've gotten comments or questions about, hey, you know, I quit I quit chewing tobacco 10 days ago and I'm not really feeling like, you know, I'm not experiencing what you've laid out. And then when I do some digging, it I come to find out, well, yeah, they quit using tobacco, but they're using, you know, pouches or nicotine gum or those kind of things. So again, um, it's, it's really important to understand that this particular timeline is from when the nicotine ceases to enter your body. So day one through three, um, this is pure hell. You will, you will walk into the fog. Nothing will seem real. Your brain is wondering what the hell it's where the hell it's fix is. And it's going to punish you until you come up with it. 72 hours. That's all you need to get nicotine out of your system. This is where you start to deal with the physical withdrawal associated with quitting dip. Drink lots of water. Read, post, read, and post. Don't tank your anger out on your loved ones. We always tell everyone, make this quit about you. If you quit for your wife, girlfriend, boyfriend, kids, mommy, or daddy, you will resent them during this period. Quit for yourself and come to kill the can and come to rant. Yell at us, bitch at us. We can take it. We've been there. This is vitally important. I would say that the vast majority of quits that fail, fail in these first couple days. The reality is you are addicted to nicotine and getting nicotine out of your body hurts period. Um, I, I, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I'm not going to give you ideas of, oh, and if you do X, Y, and Z, it'll be easy for me, me personally, those first three days were brutal. Um, I felt like I couldn't sleep. My anxiety was through the roof. My blood pressure was through the roof. It felt like my jaw was crawling off my face. I thought, I took myself, maybe not in the first three days, but I took myself to the ER a couple times because I thought I was having a heart attack. And it was, I, I fully believe it was all fully um, due to withdrawing from nicotine. Days four through 20. Here come the mind games. The nicotine is out of your system now. You will still have some physical things to deal with though. Cravings, irritability, insomnia, fatigue, Inability to concentrate, headache, sore throat, constipation, gas, stomach pain, dry mouth, 
sore tongue, and sore gums. Yep, you have this look to look forward to. Your brain is rewiring itself. It isn't used to being in an oxygen-rich environment. It isn't used to being in an environment without nicotine. Your body is responding in kind. Everything is a mind game now. All the cravings you have are actually due to triggers. If you're not familiar with the trigger, they are events where you're in a situation that you would normally dip in. Mowing the grass, playing poker, playing golf, working on the car. You get the picture. Keep drinking water. Use seeds. Use fake dip. Whatever you need to keep the real dip out of your mouth. Remember, oral fixation is part of our habit. Something you will eventually need to break. But for now, use the tools you have at your disposal. In a previous episode of the podcast, I talked often about my um, my love for fake dip. I think it is an amazing tool for quitters, and especially in the beginning of a quit, I think it's out, it's an outstanding tool. Um, and I often tell people, hey, if you're having struggles, that might be a good place to turn. Days 20 through 50, you're winning. Life isn't great, but you probably had a couple of nights where you actually got some sleep. You might notice you're going to bed earlier than you normally do. You're not staying up to get that last dip. You may notice some sores in your mouth. You're thinking, great, I quit dipping and now I have cancer. You almost certainly don't. Your mouth is healing itself. Tiny ulcers that you've had for a long time, they're healing. We do recommend you visit your dentist around the 30-day mark. Don't be a pansy, just do it. He or she will be very supportive, and then they can explain to you that the sore is much better than we can. But don't let your guard down. Don't go out drinking with the fellows or the girls. We also recommend, in all honesty, that you don't drink for about eh, 30 or 40, 50 days at the beginning of your quit. Drinking is a huge trigger, and it will weaken your resolve if you're not careful. uh, One additional thought about going to the dentist. I went to my dentist after I quit, and it was probably in this 20 to 50-day range. And for the first time in a long time years, maybe a decade, I was completely open and honest with my dentist about my habit of dipping. I told him how much I dipped. I told him how often I told him what brands, everything. And during that dentist visit, I was scared to death because just like it says here in that last passage, it says, Oh, you know, Christ, I'm scared. You know, I, I went all this time and I was fine. And now I'm going to you know, run across something really bad. Um, personally, I also dealt with canker sores, which are really, really painful. If you've never had one, I wouldn't wish them on my, on my worst enemy. Um, I'm a firm believer in the fact that when you quit, your mouth goes through a healing process and it actually hurts probably worse than when, than when you were dipping. I'm also of the opinion that your mouth probably had all these abnormalities in them when you were dipping, but you either weren't paying attention or you weren't as hyper-focused on your mouth as you were or as you are now that you quit. Day 50 through 70, 
cruise control. Life is really good. You still think about it, but this is good stuff here. Some people may suffer anxiety attacks during or a little before this stage. Some doctors say we dipped to relieve anxiety. Some people can push right through this stage and others need a little help. Talk to your doctor before you quit or immediately after you quit. They will know what to do. Lots of people in our community take or have taken something like Wellbutrin or Lexapro or those kind of things. I personally didn't, but I know a lot of them have. But don't wait till this stage, the day 50 through 70, to talk to your doctor. Have a conversation early in your quit. If you do, you'll cruise through this stage much easier if you know how to take care of anxiety, or at least you know it's coming. And I think this last sentence here is really key. At least you know it's coming. This right here is why we group people into Hall of Fame classes. It's not that we don't want you to talk to other people in the community that have different number of days, but the idea is if you're talking, say you're on day 10, or in this example, you're on day 40, and you're talking with somebody else in your Hall of Fame class that's on day 50, they're going to be able to tell you, hey man, I had a really rough night, and here's what I experienced, and here's why. Hey man, I've been really kind of cruise control for the last 20 or 30 days, and then bam, I got this nasty crave out of nowhere. This is why right here. So you know what's coming and you can interact with people around the same stage of their quit as you are. This right here is so vitally, vitally important. Day 70 through 90. Late term craves, the doldrums, the blahs, the blues. Some people end up feeling like they're right back at day one, believe it or not. The fog, the haze, the craves. It can be a really tough time. You need to let people in your group know that this is happening. It's time to circle the wagons together and get through it together. It typically only lasts a couple of days. Fight through this. This is what we refer to as the funk. I don't know why it happens, but it happens really, really often. Day 80, day 90. People, I hear it all the time. Oh my God, I've been cruising and bam, I feel terrible. I feel like I'm right back on day one. I want to give up, et cetera, et cetera. Push through. It is common for whatever reason, it's common that you're going to feel like shit around day 80 or 90. Push through. Don't give up. Don't throw away those last 80 or 90 days that you just had. Day 90 through the Hall of Fame. Houston, resume that countdown. Enjoy the hell out of these last 10 days. You'll be celebrating with your group as you all enter the Hall of Fame. It is a great feeling and an accomplishment that you shouldn't take lightly. Do something special for yourself and your family. (laughs) They put up with your sorry ass for the last 90 days and they deserve something too. Again, I I mentioned earlier, there's a reason or the reason that the Hall of Fame is 100 days is because it's a nice round number. It's far enough out there that you can really feel a sense of pride and accomplishment when you get there. And it's not too far away that it seems unattainable when you originally quit. 
I think I've I've said often in the, or I've said in the past on the podcast that for me, day three sixty five was when I really started to feel that I've that I had this. Again, I wasn't comfortable, but that was the day when I said, "Okay, well, I've already done every single day on the calendar. I know I can do this." Um, that being said, my day one hundred was probably one of the proudest moments I've ever had um, aside from, you know, birth of my children and getting married and, and, you know, those kind of things. My day 100 was on Halloween. It was on October 31st. And I can remember going to work that day and I was working at a, a smaller company at the time. I was the director of delivery. And I can remember we, everybody in the company all dressed up for Halloween And I was dressed up as a Rasta man. So I had big dreadlocks and I had sunglasses on and and a, and a tie dye shirt. But all I wanted to talk about that day to anybody that would listen was the fact that I was a hall of famer. It was my hundredth day free from tobacco. And, and ironically enough, I was working at a, at a health, this company that I worked for was a kind of a healthcare company. So it was, um, it was, it was an interest. It was interesting to navigate those waters working at that company that was so all about being healthy and, and getting healthy and staying healthy. Meanwhile, you know, I was dipping. Um, and so it was really cool to kind of do something for myself to increase my chances of living a long and healthy life and get this thing out of my life and this albatross off my back. That was my addiction. So a hundred days and beyond stay vigilant Use the tools you have to continue beating back any cravings or urges. You will still experience dip dreams. You'll still have longings, but you at this point are fully qualified to beat them down. Continue to post roll, please get into the newer groups and help somebody else out, pass it along, give back and live the dream of being free from your addiction. I mentioned earlier in the podcast that the overwhelming majority of people that fail are in the first three or four days of their quit. Another, unfortunately, common attribute of or shared attribute of failures is after 100 days, people think they've got it licked and they back away from the community. They stop posting role. They stop giving their promise. They stop living one day at a time and they think they've got it. This is a really, really dangerous thing to do. I still, to this day, 16 years later, I post roll every single day. And I, and I'll be honest with you when I say that, Sometimes I really don't even think about it. I don't really understand what I'm doing at this point, or I'm just kind of on cruise control. I've been today is day 6,045. I still post roll every single day. And here's why, because even if I'm just kind of going through the motions and even if I'm doing it out of habit, ironically enough, if, and when I get hit with a crave or I get put into a situation where somebody 
as an example, puts a, di- you know, Hey, you want to dip? That's the time that I think back of, Oh, did I post roll this morning? Yep. You bet I did. Not only that. So it's a good reminder and it sets me up for success. Should I ever run across the nicotine bitch in, in my daily life? But what you will find is as you get engaged in the kill the can community, you're going to get to know people. And that bot, that brotherhood, that bond that we talk about so often, not only am I putting my number on my line for me, I'm putting it on there for them as well. When my number and date is on that line, they know that my word is good and they know that I'm quit for that day. And that's really important for me. And I would like to think that it's really important to them too, because I can tell you that when people post roll with me, it's really important for me to see them on a regular basis. Even if I don't talk to them often off the forums or anything like that, it's, and this is going to sound kind of strange. It's comforting for me to know that I'm not walking this path alone. So there you have it. There is the first hundred days of, you know, what to expect when you quit dipping. Uh, I basically just kind of went through this, this particular article on the website. And then I added some, um, some flair to it, some little chewy flair on top of that. So I hope, um, I hope this was helpful. I hope if you haven't read this article, I hope you go and kind of take a look at it and let me know, let me know if, if anything in there is wrong, feel free to add a comment there. There's about four and a half thousand comments on that webpage right now. And let me know, do we need to add anything? Do we need to take anything out? Let me know if it's still accurate. I have a feeling that you're going to find that it is remarkably accurate as you move through your quit. Thanks, quitters. We'll talk to you soon. Join us again next time for another edition of the Kill the Can podcast.